Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Moderately Athletic Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Noctical, joined by a familiar face in Ethan Decker and a not-so-familiar face, Matthew B. Sack. Uh, we'll, we'll kick it to uh, Ethan Decker first. Deck, how you doing today? Well, I'm good, Tyler. Um, obviously, we're at a loss right now with our Emmy Award-winning host away, but... You're right, correct. He is at a he is at a wedding in Arizona. Uh, congratulations to whoever got married there. Don't know, don't care. Sayonara, Sam. <laughs> Matt Bisek for this episode, everybody. Yes, Matt Bisek. He is our guest game picker this week. Good friend of the show. Um, he'll be he'll be here this week. Matt, how you doing? You know, I was doing pretty good until I'm. I'm looking at this fantasy score here, and I'm seeing that Darnell Mooney is kind of popping off for the other team, or at least compared to what he normally does. So I'm a little upset about that, but, you know. Well, I do have to say, good for Dar- Darnell, man. You know, he, he's he got to get points some sometime this year, and, hey, it just so happens to come against you. Bears offense has looked like uh, uh, I'm not – I'm not on the level of Sam with the similes and metaphors, so I'll just put it how it is. They suck this year. So another atrocious good for Darno. game. Another yeah, they gotta get they gotta fix this stuff, man. Bezos like, owes us something. Yeah, it's, it's at like, least we got a touchdown Decker, so far. <laughs> yeah, true. Decker told me it was like what, forty straight possessions of no touchdowns for Thursday night football. Is that correct? Yes. Before this latest Bears one. That just happened for the last drive. Yep. So, as you all guessed, we are recording this during the uh, Bears uh, uh, Commanders game. Um, We're not going to talk about that too much. We're going to talk about the weekend slate. Um, So, I guess guess we'll, yeah, we'll we'll start, we'll kick it off with that. Um, Deck, you can start us off with uh, my computer is loading. We had technical difficulties before this, so if we run into some, please bear with us. Sam is also the tech guy, so uh, okay, I got it up. Tech, why don't you hit us with your 49ers Falcons predictions for this weekend? Yeah, this one's going to be kind of an easy one for me. I'm going to go 49ers in this one. Falcons, for the Better part of 75% of that game last week in Tampa got stalled and shut down by a phenomenal Tampa defense. And that was without Pitts and a banged-up Drake London late in that game. Still managed to come back, get get it to 15, get 15 unanswered points, but 49ers defense, I think, right now is better than Tampa. And it's going to be a lot of trouble for that Falcons offense. Now, granted, their offensive line has been above average this year for the most part. But Nick Bosa who actually, is, I don't know if he's playing this week or not. I, I think he is. I didn't see anything about the injury report. but I'll look him up real quick. If he's, I, yeah. I had I had concern about that. He's He did not practice today. I assume he's going to be questionable for this weekend. Okay. Um, but, yeah, regardless for me, I think without Bosa still, they're going to be able to cause a lot of havoc up front for Mariota. Going to be able to shut down that run, which they do well at. And on the outside, it's, you know, Pitts is – most likely going to play in this game, still banged up. Drake London was a little banged up earlier in the week. He actually had a full practice, but that can always reappear. And the 49ers just can do what they do, work the ground game with Jeff Wilson and uh, resurgence in Tevin Coleman last week, who, you know, Tevin, yeah. Coleman, Tevin Coleman can disappear in other places, but it seems like whenever <laughs> he's on the 49ers, Shanahan just always gets him involved and he's always doing something. 
So they're going to work that a lot. So I'm, I think this is going to be an easy 49ers win for me. Yeah, I would have to agree. Um, it's this 49ers defense, even without Nick Bosa, is just so talented at pretty much all levels um, of the field. Secondary has um, is like I would say it's the best, but it's um, very passable, um, above average, and you know that front seven is just deadly. So, um, and the the Falcons have kind of been uh, relying on this run game. And if they can't get that going, it'll be another repeat of last week where it's just going to be uh, uh, uphill, uh, uphill battle for them the whole the whole game. And you know, Pitts, you know, even with him being back, it's like we, for at least fantasy players, we've seen that Pitts has has done jack squat this year so far. I mean, um, I think tight end, like for fantasy tight end wise, he's like ranked 22nd in points and that's like really really bad um and it just kind of speaks to the scheme that arthur's running uh, arthur smith and it's it's a lot of Pitts is basically used as a decoy now um because or just a distraction because when that guy gets open and gets the ball in his hands it's deadly but I don't think that's going to happen with these linebackers that the 49ers have. So I also have the 49ers winning um, over the Falcons. Matt, for your first pick of this uh, this podcast, who do you got winning this game? You know, I think it would be pretty silly of me not to choose the 49ers as much as I like to make fun picks every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. I always, to be honest with you, I hate watching 49ers games. They, they just kind of shut down opposing offenses no matter um, – who it is so they just make everything low scoring and not very fun to watch but they're they're gonna win it i mean it's it's an yeah. easy pick i i would have to agree i tell you what's, a, what's um, a fun a fun thing about the 49ers secondary two is their starting safeties are both top five pff wise at their at their respectable position oh number, really number two is deshaun gibson who gibson you know, over uh uh, the Troy Palomalu lookalike. Yeah, Talanoa Hufanga, who is having just a, yeah, Hufanga. an yeah. unreal year in his sophomore year. He was a fifth-round pick last year, and he's just playing phenomenal. This is yeah. That's a fun storyline. Well, you know, speaking of late-round DBs playing really, really well, it looks like the Patriots found another one in Jack Jones. You know, they, they've got a skill in just drafting cornerbacks late and developing developing them into just absolute studs. Um, Jack Jones should definitely be in the conversation for defensive rookie of the year, at least, with the way he's been playing. Um, And we'll probably see him go on Amari Cooper this game. I'm not sure if they have cornerbacks travel, but whoever goes to that side, I don't see them being able to really beat Jack Jones in this Patriots versus Browns game. Um, Anyone other than Amari Cooper, that is. So, um, I think that the Patriots defense, that front seven, we saw them shut down what we thought was a pretty successful um, rushing attack last week um, in the in the Lions. They could not get anything going on the ground, uh, while the Browns have um, a pretty comparable offensive line. But I would still say it's better. Um, they have you know the best running back in the in the game right now. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be enough for them to win this game. I think the Patriots are going to be able just to 
another coaching win, another Bailey Zappi masterclass, and expect another big game from both running backs um, in this one. So, or wait, excuse me, yep. did I say Damian Harris will be? Uh, he's out. He's, oh yeah, is he out or is he questioned? Yes, yeah. So oh. Ramon, yeah, I, I, I was both both running backs, as in Nick Chubb and Ramondre Stevenson, because he looked amazing. He had over 150 yards last week, so. Um, expect big games from both of these guys. We saw Austin Eckler get also over 150 yards against the Browns. So, um, and just with just that mixture of Bailey Zappi being a game manager um, and like the Patriots defense just being able to do just enough, I think they're going to be able to pull this one out. Deck, what are your thoughts on this Browns versus Patriots game? I'm on the exact wavelength thought wise as you. I got the Patriots in this one too. And it's funny that you mentioned Jack Jones to start that one off because I remember at the beginning of the year we talked about we were so worried about J.C. Jackson being gone and how will this Patriots secondary play. Well, Jack Jones is playing, like you said, defensive rookie of the year level-wise. Jonathan Jones is playing phenomenal. Um, Jalen Mills has been a liability, but... Like regardless of that, the the safeties, Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar, even old Devin McCourty are doing enough. And and we can't be shocked because it's Belichick and he gets the most out of his players. And their their defense is just clicking right now. I mean, Matt Judon's tied for first in the NFL in sacks with six. They're just doing enough to be able to let Bailey Zappi. You know, they almost beat the Packers, wiped out the Lions last week. And I think they take this one too where it's just going to be what we saw mostly last week, a defensive I don't know if they can, you know, shut the Browns down as much as they did Lions, especially with Chubb, but I don't think the Browns are going to be able to do a whole lot in offense, and I think Bailey Zappi will game manage it up, or Madre Stevenson should have a big game. I could see, even you know, even with Davian Harris being out, I, I still suspect J.J. Taylor, that practice run running that they brought up, to at least see a little bit of work as a compliment. Yeah, to give, definitely. To give Stevenson some, some downs off. So I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go Patriots in this one. I, I think I think they just Belichick will do enough to outsmart Stavansky. Yeah, I I would have to agree. And another another coaching win seems like a inevitability here. Just Belichick over Stavansky. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on this game? I assume you're gonna be kind of on the same wavelength as us. Yeah, I hate to be unoriginal, but yes, the Patriots. I have the Patriots over the Browns. I think if they can do what they did against the Lions and kind of just shut down the run, if they can. If they can limit what Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt can do on the ground, I think they'll they'll take this pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. It's um, I I think we might see another kind of unless unless Jacoby steps up in an insane way, I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game. So yeah. Um, moving on, moving on to a game that is. Not only important to me, it's also important to another Packer fan on the podcast now. We are now 2-1 to one, uh, Packer Packer fans over Vikings here. I'm usually in the minority, Matt, but now it's Decker. We have Packers at home against the Jets. Uh, Packers, surprisingly, 7-point point favorites. Um, Matt, why don't you start us off with this one? You know beforehand I, I thought I was supposed to be picking scores so I actually have mm-hmm. a projected score of uh, 27 to 24 Packers winning of course um, mm-hmm. so I think I think we can do enough on offense and defense to be able to hold them in check but this Jets team is just 
they've been so surprising this year. They kind of come back from nothing when they're down um, late in games, and I think that they'll probably just do the same exact thing with us. Um, I would hope we can hold them off, um, and that's what I have projected. But, uh, yeah, that's what I got to say. Yeah, you know, Jets have looked impressive the past couple weeks, but you kind of have to ask yourself, what was the level of competition they were playing? I mean, didn't get to a... Teddy Bridgewater went out right away, it seemed like, in that uh, Dolphins game. And, you know, when you don't have a lot of offense, it's hard to compliment um, for a defense. So that's that's probably didn't help the Dolphins' defense play any good, any better, or good at all at least, because they got 40 dropped on them. And and then I forget, did the Browns play them week four, or was that week three? Uh, that was week two. It was uh, the Steelers when oh, that was week got two. benched. Trubisky up and right. Pickett came in. Yes. So week four, they. Oh yeah, yeah. Trubisky. Okay. That was the yeah. So I mean, not, not a whole lot of competition. So, uh, this Packers defense, I think, will be definitely the best one that Zach Wilson will see that so far this year in the two games that he's uh, been playing, um, and I would say that this Packers offense is more capable than a. Skyler Thompson, is that his name? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dolphins. Led uh, Dolphins offense. So I think it'll complement it a little bit better. And I would have to agree that it's going to be another close game at Lambeau. But it's been a long time since the Packers lost two in a row. So I can see them bouncing back after a pretty embarrassing loss to the Giants and beating the Jets here. Deck, thoughts? Yeah, I got a close one too. And this isn't also just the the best defense the Jets will be playing with Zach Wilson starting, but it'll also be the toughest test for their defense, who, you know, they've looked good the past two weeks, but again, that was Trubisky starting two weeks ago with then Pickett getting replaced, and then Teddy going out early and a seventh-round rookie yeah. coming in in relief. And then and then Tyreek Hill leaving the game, too. Yeah, yes. Can't so, forget about that. So this is, you know, the, I like what I do like what this Jets defense can do in the long run, but now you're facing a Rod and that Packers offense, who, you know, wants to. I would suspect them getting Dylan more involved. I'd li- I mean, I'd like to see him get more involved. Him and Jones get yes. up getting it back to that comp- compliment, and then maybe you know add Romeo Dubs in there, uh, who was pretty quiet last week in London. So I do, I do yeah. have this being a close one. But like you said, I, I cannot see the Packers losing two in a row, especially when you come back to Lambeau. It's just hard. It's just hard. For, I think it's just going to be hard for the Jets to be able to pull this one out. And I think Rodgers will kind of get back to what we can suspect from him and get back on track for this team. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Packers, they not the best traveling team. If they have to go to the West Coast, they play bad. And I guess that now applies to uh, across the pond to London. They play bad, so. And I think, um, and nothing, I think, yeah, and no. I think for the Jets in this one too, like, to really stay competitive in this one, you know, go to the Packers' weakness on defense and do that. Use a lot of that Brees Hall, Michael Carter duo that worked last week so well in Miami. Like that's what Definitely. they're gonna have to do. I mean, they're just, yeah. Definitely. We'll just have to see if Zach Wilson can. Um, deal with the pressure that he's inevitably going to get from the Packers defense. Uh, Moving on, kind of uh, one team 
from kind of a surprising game last week. The Jaguars versus the Colts. Uh, Jaguars, em- embarrassing, embarrassing loss last week against the Texans. And then the Col- Colts, I can't even remember what they did last week. They, oh yeah, they beat the, yeah, they beat, they beat the Broncos. Excuse me. Yeah. No wonder I forgot it. Um, do, okay. Sorry. We'll, we'll touch on that later. I was just had a thought. Um, we'll touch on the Broncos later. Um, the Colts, um, you know, man, I don't even know. It's so hard to read them after that Thursday night game, because not only were there no touchdowns scored, it was so boring so hard to watch and this Colts team has been like so on and off this whole year to me um and it feels the same exact way with the Jags um I don't know how you're feeling about it Matt but what are your thoughts on this game yeah I mean after watching that Thursday night game I can't help but pick the Jags in this one I mean the Colts just look so so awful I mean they they couldn't do anything and I think uh, I think the Jags will pick it back up to. I mean, they started out the season a little bit better than what we expected. Yeah. Um, given that they were well, the, had the number one overall pick two years in a row. Yeah. Um, well, we got to see if yeah. Doug Peterson can right the ship here against a division rival because, you know, they well they had a division rival last week and had high expectations going into that game and did not deliver. Yeah. Um, Very bad. Yeah. Dak, what do you think about this game? I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Matt. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely writing off the Jags yet, but I'm starting to slowly, every week, kind of start to veer off just a tad bit. These past two weeks have been really, really underwhelming on both sides of the ball. I mean, those first three weeks of the season, the offense and defense were both clicking. I mean, Lawrence was looking like Tyler mentioned at one point, top ten quarterback, and their defense, their run, their run defense was stopping everything in their sights. These past two weeks have just been a mess. The Philly week, yeah, sure, the weather-wise, it was a little bit weird. Trevor Lawrence, five fumbles. You know, you're not going to see that every week. But then you get last week, and you think they're going to get a bounce back back at home against in, in warm Jacksonville against Houston, and Damian Pierce runs all over them. Texans defense completely shuts them down. And now I'm starting to get a little bit worried. And I think it's so hard to beat your division opponent twice in the same season, um, unless, unless the, the division opponent was extremely bad. So I think this week the Colts... While I don't love their defense, I think they do enough this week to still stall out the Jags' offense, which has been, again, very concerning the past two weeks. I, I think they'll get enough pressure on Lawrence where he'll feel he won't be able to make some throws. And the whole backfield right now it's confusing to me with Robinson and Etn. Like Etn was had pulled off some big runs last week, and Robinson was shut down. And Robinson's been off the past two weeks anyway, so. And, and, like, the Colts' offense, it'll really depend on if JT's in there because I think if JT's in there, it's a whole different ball game for their offense. But I'm still going to predict Colts in this one. I think they do just enough. And, it's again, it's, yeah. it's so hard for a division opponent to beat another one twice yeah. in the same season. If we were predicting scores, which we're not doing anymore, but if we were, I would say that this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game here. And, I mean, it feels... Like, Deck, you touched on it. It feels like the Jaguars are having, like, an identity crisis right now, at, not only at running back, but kind of who they are as a team. We've seen them kind of just, you know, like, totally do nothing so, yeah. the past couple weeks. So uh, it's I feel like it's up to this coaching staff to kind of uh, right the ship here 
but in the meantime, I do think that the Colts win this one. I think that their defense is going to be just just barely good enough to squeak one out. So, uh, moving on, Deck, we'll hit on your team here, Vikings uh, in Miami against the Dolphins. Uh, Seventh-round pick, Skylar Thompson going up against the uh, – the purple people eater here uh, up in Minnesota. So uh, what are your thoughts on this game? We'll start with you. Ooh, you know, you would have told me week six we were 4-1. I'd say you're probably high, but here we are, and I'll take it. Obviously, every week is a stress for us as Viking fans. Obviously, Sam ain't here to relate, but, you know, now we're going down to Miami, got momentum, and we're facing a seventh-round rookie quarterback in Skylar Thompson. While it is kind of weird that Teddy is – you know, I believe he's cleared concussion protocol, but he's going to be back up in this game. I understand it. You know, Miami has so much flack on them with the whole two incident that they don't want to do this with another quarterback where they might rush him back in there for an, at, at more risk. So, regardless, though, Skylar Thompson coming in. Tyreek's going to play. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it was just uh, trying to th- kind of throw us off mindset-wise with his whole foot injury, and then he was like, and then he, Tyreek per himself said he was okay. So, that was kind of weird, but... Dolphins will be without Terrar, and I'm sorry, it sounds like I left tackle. Their defense, they had some defensive players not practice throughout the week, and Melvin Ingram and Javon Holland. Um, but regardless, I think in this game, it will be a close one. The Vikings are always going to keep it close. I think we do enough on offense to be able to pull this one out. Defensive-wise, we're, you know, Scott Thompson or not, Ty- Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle will be good safety blankets for him, and we really don't have we, we don't have the corners to be able to cover that speed from the both of them. And our run defense struggles for the most part, too, so a, a combo of Raheem Moster and Chase Edmonds are going to keep it close, but I think this will be another week where it just comes down to the wire, and our offense, I hope it's on in the last drive, but I won't be shocked if it is. They march down there, put this one away, so I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one, but again, it'll be probably a one-possession game regardless. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you there. It's, it's, um, it's interesting to see uh, the the Vikings go up against like suppose you know a seventh round rookie quarterback. But was Cooper Rush drafted, Decker? I, I think he don't was believe he was. I'm pretty sure undrafted. Yeah, and and we saw last year an undrafted Cooper Rush beat. Beat the Vikings around this time of year. So, you know, it's not impossible. The Dolphins have the skill position to do it. Yeah. Um, am I going to predict that to happen? No, probably not. Uh, but I just, you know, th- like, never say never in this situation. Huh. You never know how uh, how Skylar Thompson might might play. But, yeah, I would have to... I would have to agree with you, Decker. I think that the Vikings are kind of on a hot streak right now they are looking like a playoff contender um possibly deep playoff run here this year finally for them um but yeah this this Dolphins team desperately needs a quarterback that can execute this offense with those skill positions because like we saw last week that defense is not able to keep up with a high-powered well I wouldn't even call the Jets a high-powered offense, so mediocre offenses. So we'll we'll have to see how they do this week, but I, I do have the Vikings winning. Um, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I have the Vikings winning a close one in this one. I think if uh, I think if Tua were playing, I think I think Tua can give 
uh, the Dolphins an edge because I mean he was he was playing out of his mind those few games. I mean I I had Jalen Waddle on my fantasy team scoring me forty points and I look over and Tyree Kills also scoring forty points. I mean that's just that's insane. So but yeah, I think without without um Tua without Teddy, they I don't think they have enough to beat the Vikings who are looking pretty pretty good right now. I agree. I think if Tua was yeah. playing though, I think he would give him the edge in this one. Because really, you think so? I think he could. Yeah. I think fully healthy Tua could. But hmm. I think just that rapport with with Tyreek and Waddle, you know, would just be too much for well, our corners. It's a one o'clock game, so I don't know. I think Kirk Cousins might have something to say about yeah, that. As in Kirk, five five touchdowns, six hundred yards. Uh, noon uh, noon Kirk is just a different animal. Uh, moving on. We have the Bengals at the Saints, uh, both having pretty disappointing seasons, um, I would say at least, from what we predicted, uh, well, what others predicted for the Bengals, but um, Joe Burrow's going to try to lead the, the the Bengals down to New Orleans uh, and get a dub. Deck, we'll start with you again. What do you think about this game? This has kind of got some fun storylines in it. So we got Burrow going back to New Orleans. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know what the... I'm, sh- I'm guessing James will be going into this game with a questionable designation. It would be fun yes. for Andy Dalton, though, to start against Cincy, but... Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. Revenge game. <laughs> but, man, this one it was a coin flip for me when I was picking this one, but ultimately, I went with the Saints. And I went with the Saints really? solely on the fact you're at the Dome, home crowd behind you, that place gets loud, and... If the Bengals' offense is anything like what they were last week... Now, T. Higgins is very questionable going into this one. And we saw them get shut down in Baltimore last week, those first four drives or whatever. I think the Saints could have the potential to do that again this week, to be able to just to be able to just lock down, you know, focus, you know, put <laughs> Lattimore on Jamar. Now, I'm not saying, you know, Lattimore can take on Jamar, but if he does enough, and then what other receivers are there, you know, it'll be... Tyler Boy getting involved there too. Hayden Hurst has looked good too, but Mixon yeah. hasn't been able to get it going at all. You know, that run defense for the Saints still keeps it tough on opposing running backs for the most part. And, and, and other yeah. than that, it's like the Saints, like, you know, we say this every week about getting them getting back on track, but man, like, Bengals' offensive line still has its weaknesses. This would be a game for them just to create so much pressure on Burrow and take him down. And I think with the Saints, we saw what Elvin can do once fully healthy. Last week he had a huge game, a lot of dump offs and, and some good runs for him too. Receivers are, I mean, they're very, very banged up right now. But again, it was such a coin flip for me. But I'm going to roll with the Saints. I think with the home crowd behind them, I think, and I think the Bengals' offense is going to be uh, pretty quiet for the most part too. So, yeah, interesting you bring up the the home crowd because last week. When the Seahawks went to New Orleans, I believe. That's true. Right? I think that was the determinant for me picking the Saints. Um, But for this one, I I think I'm going to go with the Bengals. If they are going to make the playoffs, which I don't think they will, but, you know, they have to – these are the kind of games they have to win. Um, They've got to be able to kind of hang in with these tougher teams – um, tough defenses, and they've got a Jamar Chase has to play really, really good against uh, Lattimore, uh, because if T. Higgins is not in, 
that is like that eliminates basically like both sidelines and then you're working everything up the middle and that's tough so um but with that said i think um i do think that the Bengals, um if t higgins is fully healthy or even uh like 80 percent 90 percent going into this game i do think that the Bengals have enough to win this game um i we saw andy dalton do a really good job game managing last week but i this Bengals um pass rush has kind of impressed me the past week uh weeks now so i think they'll get some decent pressures on andy dalton here um and I think it's going to be enough for maybe like a turnover or two. So I have the Bengals winning this one. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you, Tyler. I have the, the Bengals winning this one. I mean, you look at the Bengals last year, and their offense was just, they were rolling. I mean, I feel like at some point this year they got to just turn it on if they want to be able to make the playoffs. And I think this week against the tough Saints team, it'll be tough, but I think – I think if they're going to try to do it, if you can do it against a good defense, it'll be a big uh, big show. Yeah, I mean, they were they were fully healthy last year, though, Matt. That's the thing. They they were they were like the least injured team in the league. So, and of course that's a different story. This year, we've seen it um, a couple injuries here for them. And it's weird though because their offensive line is playing like right now it's playing worse than what they were playing last year, which we would think would be impossible. So if this offensive line can just get back to playing less horribly um, like they were last year, then maybe we might see the Bengals hit um, be a little bit more successful on offense. But um, this defense is still a little questionable to me, but I do think that the Bengals are going to win this. I know I kind of like put all the negatives out on the Bengals and like not the Saints, but – I'm I'm just confident that the Bengals are going to win this one. So I, yeah. I think Bur- um, I think I think Burrow's a phony though. You think really? So? I think Burrow's a phony. I think I would ha- I I would have to disagree. I, I think I mean to be successful in a Zach Taylor offense, you have to have some skill. I think yeah. Burrow needs to just step it up too. I, that's just that's just my yeah. opinion though. I I think he wrote a lot. It's of, okay. Lo- it's hard think, to. St- yeah. It's hard to step it up when you're getting pressured as much as he is. Like, this offensive line, like, I, yes, Burrow was not playing good, but I would have to put a lot of the blame on this offensive line. I do think he wrote it. I think he did, like, have, like, I think the whole Joe Cool and Joe Shicey from last year <laughs> did get to his head just a little bit. Like, it just seemed to me like he seemed, like, just over, over, I don't know, what's the word I'm trying to look for, but, like, overconfident. He, yeah. yeah, overconfident, but, like, Coming into this year, he thought it was like they nobody could stop him, and I, that could be just me. But I, I want to see. I obviously would like to see them be able to, like like you said, Matt, be able to do what they did last year because they got the weapons still there, and you got a better tight end this year in Hurst than Uzama. But. Yeah. And quick question: Do you guys know how many uh, how many of those Saints wide receivers are actually questionable this week? Is it their top three? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Them. I all didn't them. even think about that to be honest with you. They're all questionable. Yeah, Olave will be questionable. Thomas, Tom, well, Olave was limited. Thomas has missed two straight, and and Landry's also been questionable. I mean, just, I mean, I don't know how they do it. We're spending way too much time on this game, but it's got to be said. What the hell is up with Taysom Hill, man? Like, 
how is he like still this like effective in an offense where he can get like this like this many high quality touches to get like that many touchdowns? I don't I don't get it. Maybe he's maybe he's another X factor this week, or maybe I it's Alvin could. on the ground game. You never know with this with the Saints offense. So this gets so it'll be inter- with him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, for the sake of moving on, um, or for for time, I should say, we'll move on to um, what feels like to be a pretty interesting game, actually. Ravens uh, against the Giants in uh, MetLife. Uh, Decker, let's let's hear your thoughts against this uh, 3-2 and two Ravens going up against the 4-1 and one Giants. Yeah, isn't it something week six we come to this matchup and the Giants are the better team record-wise? Um, I, I love the Giants. I... I the Cinderella story, I love it. I just I, week in week out, just seeing them every week find new ways to win, it's pretty awesome. But I think this is the week that's gonna they're gonna get kind of stonewalled a little bit. They're facing a very good Ravens offense. Lamar, front runner, or at least you know top three for MVP right now. I just in their defense played phenomenal last week and has been playing good. I think Saquon, it'll be a lot of Saquon again this week, but look for Dane Dimes to get shut down by this Ravens pass rush, feel pressured, make a lot of make a lot of stupid yeah. decisions this week. And the Ravens on offense, yeah. I, I'd love to see J.K. Dobbins get more involved, especially the, uh, this week against the Giants, which you know very susceptible to the run game. You know, this will be curious too because it'll be Wink Martindale against his old team, and Wink Martindale mm-hmm. loves to blitz, and yep. Lamar, you know. Sometimes he Lamar beats. looked this this year. Besides the Buffalo game, he looked. He has been looking really good against the blitz. Yeah, weeks, years really past, good. he's he's been struggling. Yeah, but yes, for sure, the, you know, the the Dolphins game at the end got to him. Buffalo got got to him. Or no, sorry, Buffalo got to him. But yeah, Miami did. Yes, but Buffalo no sh- shut them down. The rain there, but correct. Yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo was. D- well, this game happened a couple weeks ago, but Buffalo usually never blitzes. And so the way that they kind of – we saw Lamar just absolutely stall out in the second half of that game, and that's because the Buffalo defense just adapted to the game and just decided to blitz Lamar, and he, quite frankly, was not prepared for it. Going into this game, I feel like he's going to be very prepared knowing that it's yeah. Wink Martindale uh, calling the defensive plays. So I think it's going to be another big game from Lamar. Um, and it, it's interesting you touched on it that the pass rushers for the Ravens, um, they're going to cause Danny Dimes to you know maybe make a few bad plays. We said the same thing last week against the Packers. That's true. And look how he handled that pressure very very well, and he was hitting dots all over the field. So let's. I'm interested to see if that was a little bit of a fluke game. I'm kind of assuming it was. Um, you know it it's. It, it was a little bit of a trap game for the Packers, so uh, I'm interested to see how this uh, Giants offense looks this week compared to last and how this Ravens um, offense can do against Wink Martindale. So I would have to agree with you there, Doug. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on this game? You know, I I, I told you I like to make uh, silly picks sometimes. And, you know, I think okay. so I'm, I'm actually going to take the Giants in this one. I mean... Interesting. I love my boy Saquon Barkley. I mean, 
I, have, I do too. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I had so much confidence in him that I almost took him in the second round of our fantasy draft, but instead took Stefan Diggs. Both very good uh, players both, this year. But, both uh, are good picks. Yes, yeah. so n- no bad picks there. But, I mean, mm-hmm. with what Saquon can do this year, I mean, he's coming back. And last year he was very mid, injured a little bit again. But, I mean, this year he's just he's running on teams all the time. I mean, I, I think that he alone might be enough to be able to beat this, this tough Ravens team. Yeah, and that's kind of what we've been seeing uh, with a couple games this year with Saquon, and that's personally why I think he should be in like the running for at least Offensive Play of the Year, um, because other than last week, he really has been this offense for the Giants. So, yeah, I I definitely um, am intrigued to see how, um, also how Saquon does, just for the sake of my fantasy team this week. Um, Let's see if Matt uh, has another funny pick in store for this next game. I assume he doesn't because it's the Buccaneers against the Steelers. Kenny Pickett's second start uh, put up what, three points against the Bills. Now, that is probably one of the toughest uh, teams to have a start against in the entire NFL, if not the toughest. So uh, not much was expected from him. Put up, Still put up some impressive numbers, hit some pretty good throws. Uh, but I have a feeling it's going to be pretty similar this week with the Bucks. Um, I, like we said before, the Steelers have a really hard stretch, and this is just their second in the four-game stretch that they have to play. So um, I'll just get the pick right out of the way. We can go over this one pretty quick. I think that the Bucks just run all over the Steelers here. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, um, no funny business here. The Bucks, yeah, yeah, good just, call. They're just overall a better team on just about every yeah every aspect. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, not a lot to say here. Deck, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I feel so bad for Kenny Pickett. My God, I mean, the, not, last week you have Von Miller and Ed Oliver and Boogie Basham. <laughs> this week you get, you get, uh, Vita Shaq Vea, Barrett. And Shaq Barrett and yeah. Devin White, I don't know, free blitz or something. It's this poor guy, man. What a, what a mm. rough start for his NFL career. Yeah, can't, can't disagree with you there. So, Trial by from fire. what? What was that, Matt? It's a trial by fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's more like trial by getting thrown into a, a volcano. It's <laughs> it doesn't get easier. Molten lava. So yeah, and it does not get easier. That is so true, Deck. Um, moving on to another game, I do not expect a lot of high octane quarterback play. Is the Panthers against the Rams? Uh, Panthers, of course. Uh, moving on from their head coach and their offensive coordinator, or defensive coordinator, excuse me, uh, going up against the, the reigning Super Bowl champs, world champions, who currently sit with only one more win at 2-3, and three. Um, although they are 10-point favorites here. They are at home playing against the Panthers. Deck, what are your thoughts about this game? I do have the Rams in this one, but I do have it actually okay. being pretty close. Now I feel like okay. we see this. I feel like we see this every year at least once, where a team will fire a coach midseason. I think it happens every year. I'm pretty sure. I, I'd have to check it, but it feels like every year a coach fires a team midseason. The following game is usually like guys playing playing looser. It's kind of like zero f's given, where they're just 
you know, you, you're not under Rule anymore, you're under Steve Wilkes now. So now it's his type of game and, and his type of coaching. So guys just feel a lot more loose. You know, you're, do, you're doing your own little thing out there. And I got the Rams, but don't be surprised if the Panthers keep this pretty close. And yeah, Rams, I'm just, you know, just not a lot to love about them at all right now. Their defense is struggling bad. Their offensive line is struggling bad. Stafford's not doing good. The only guy that is doing good is Cooper Cup, which, I mean, that's no shock to anybody, but, you know, we had so much more expectation for this run game, and Cam Akers coming coming in healthy this year, or supposedly we thought healthy, he, that, that whole Achilles injury could be still lingering, but, and Allen Robinson, we thought, oh man, Allen Robinson finally free from that Chicago offense with Nagy. Right, He's yeah. as quiet as he was in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I'd love to actually take the pants of the Panthers in this one with P.J. Walker. Now, that's another thing. Baker being out and P.J. Walker starting, which mm-hmm. I, huh, you, I think you can win with P.J. Walker more than you can with Baker. Regardless, though, I got the Rams in this one, but I do have it close. I did score. <sighs> you know what, Deck? Yeah, you know what, Deck? If you won't do it, I will. <laughs> this will probably be my funny pick of the week, uh, just because the Panthers have looked so bad. Uh, but so have the Rams. I mean, this, I I would have to agree. If this is one where the Panthers can kind of, quote-unquote, shock the nation, I do think it's going to be right after they fire their head coach. I mean, it feels like they have the talent outside of their offensive line to win them games, right? And it feels like both of these teams are kind of in the same situation where they have, a, like, a pretty good, fast defense, um, good skill positions, uh, well, other well, we'll say a good skill position for the Rams in Cooper Cup. But I mean, Tyler Higby's been playing really well this year, and the Panthers have the same thing. They have very good skill positions, and their quarterbacks have been just absolutely abysmal this year. So it's an interesting matchup in my mind. I think that Stafford is going to be very prone to turnovers this game because of how fast this Panthers defense plays. Um, and I do think it's another close one. And, but I think it's the Panthers that come out on top. So, um, I, plus it would be hilarious if the reigning Super Bowl champs lost to the Panthers, who just fired their head coach. So, uh, like I said, funny pick of the week there. Matt, are you feeling the funny pick of the week, or are you going to call me crazy? You know, I, th- I think i got to call you crazy. Um, Ooh. The Rams, I mean, they're it's, – it's the same thing with the – the Bengals. I mean, I feel like at some point they got to right the ship. But I mean, it's not it's not encouraging knowing that Cooper Cup is actually questionable this week. He uh, he was limited. Oh, really? He was li- he was limited today. So he's, they said reports tomorrow will be pretty big on that. So I mean, especially yeah. if if Cooper Cup's out, I mean that he's he has the offense with Stafford. Um, if he's out, then uh, I not high hopes on this pick. I will say though, I part where I kind of disagree with you, Matt. I don't think... I think the Bengals can write the ship. I don't think the Rams can. I would have to agree with you, I, Decker, too. There's, there's, I'll take Burrow any day over Stafford still. Mixon, mm-hmm. I'll take any day over this Rams offense. Or the running backs in Akers and Henderson. And receivers are... I mean, yep. sure, Cooper Cup's superior than Jamar and Higgins, but as a group, I would, as a unit, I'll take Bengals. Yeah, I would, still take, I would still take this Bengals offensive line over the Rams, even, just because of potential that they yeah, have. The Rams I mean, have been they, so bad. Rams have been absolutely horrible. So have the Bengals, but I the 
the Bengals have such a high ceiling compared to the Rams for offensive line play. Um, now, on the flip side, the defense, Rams do have, I think, the the, the higher ceiling for, um, for their defense compared to the Bengals. But, you know, like we saw with the Dolphins, it's got to be complimented complimentary to each other so when this Rams offense cannot get anything going this Rams defense is going to give up plays that's just how it's going to happen and they're giving up huge uh, plays every week I mean, they, every yes. week it's huge touchdowns mm-hmm. and that's what happens when they they're on the field for as long as they are because this offense can't do anything right um so moving on we'll we'll keep it in the NFC West here to the uh divisional matchup between the Cardinals and the Seahawks um you know, looking at this game at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, God, Cardinals against Seahawks. But now I'm like, oh, Cardinals against Seahawks. Geno versus Kyler, kind of an interesting matchup here. I I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think that both of these offenses yeah. are going to are gonna be clicking. Um, we saw it last week with Geno just having another amazing game for him. Um, and, you know, Kyler Murray is perfectly capable against bad defenses at having really good games and it'll or d or d hop is back next week correct uh yes week seven yes. first six so, weeks yeah right okay so no d hop but they got plenty of skill receivers or skill positions too um defenses i feel like they're gonna be washes in this one but um i will say since we talked about jack jones um tariq woolen cornerback for the Seahawks has also been looking like a potential uh, defensive rookie of the year pick Uh, that guy is so huge and he runs like a what a 4-2-7 or something like that like a defensive DK yeah he he the play where Taysom Hill like somehow broke open like a 60 something yard run he would have been gone Taysom Hill runs a 4-4 seven something like that and Tariq Wallen who runs a 4-2 is able to just like just track him down like an animal in the wild it's it was super impressive if you can see that play it's like it it was like DK chasing down uh Buda Baker really like just the insane speed that he had to go uh tackle him so uh, something special in Tariq Woolen, actually. They they love their big cornerbacks there in Seattle. I don't know what it is with that scheme, but they love their big cornerbacks. So they they might have found a good one in Tariq Woolen. Uh, Matt, have you said anything about this game? Uh, I have not. Yet. I don't think. You, um, yeah. No, I was. I don't remember who I was telling. I was either telling you, Tyler, or Decker, um, whether that I was that I had a tie coming up, and this is actually my tie. Um, mm. Yeah. So when, interesting. When I was, okay, yeah, I, I like that take. The, yeah, I like it. When I was predicting the scores, yeah. When I had the scores, I had them high scoring, thirty to thirty, tied it all up. I think that both of these offenses are, they're they're just getting things going. Um, Kyler's struggling a little bit, but Geno's looking impressive um, for what we expected. And then these defenses, I think they'll just kind of be giving up a lot in this divisional matchup. Yeah. Uh, Deck, did you touch on this? I honestly can't remember before I went on my Tariq Wollen spree. <laughs> no, I, I haven't yet, but okay. I will say, I'll keep it brief, but give me give me Gino on this one. I love – we've seen the past two weeks, he's been phenomenal. I mean, just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 
but their defense has let them down. I think this week, I think I think it's flipped this week. I think they're going to be able to put up the points and do enough on defense to shut down Kyler. Or not really shut down, yeah. but just be able to outscore them flat out. Yep. And I agree. I agree. Yep. It's just fun because oh. Gino has. I mean, to be it's the in most Seattle. Yeah. Hard to win there. Gino has to be the most beloved guy in the NFL right now. I think just this whole story. Well, and yeah, I I'm certainly a fan. That's for sure. And you know, last part is I'll say is you know we, before the year we we you know, fancy wise we talked about it, but like we we thought Lockett and DK would be bums for the most part, and that they would just be non-existent. Geno Smith is getting as much out of Lockett and DK as Russ did last year. Agreed. Like these guys are getting yep. just big play, both of them big play touchdowns, and it would always be with Russ. It would either be a week of Lockett mm-hmm. or a week of DK. We are now seeing with Chino, they are both getting deep touchdowns, and they're both getting touchdowns in the same game, if not multiple, like Lockett did last week. So I'm going yeah. to see excellent swimming. They're just so fun right now. Gotcha. All right. Thank you for keeping it brief there, Decker. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, I would also have to go with Seahawks. No, it's all good. We're still good on time. Um, probably the game of the week up next, Bills and Chiefs, man. The over-under for this game has to be like 70 points i don't see how it it doesn't reach that um buffalo is favored even though it is an arrowhead which is interesting to me um it on paper it would seem like the bills if they're healthy i'm not sure if they are healthy on defense it, it would seem like they are the better team here but as we saw last week monday night you can't count the Chiefs out of any game, man. They are just so goddamn good. And um, let's let's make a petition starting right now to move this game to Monday night because we'll touch on the Monday night game later, but it's another atrocious Bron- Broncos matchup. But like I said, we'll touch on that later. Um, but uh, I assume this to be a pretty high-scoring game. I can't see it going any other way. And I, you know what? I got to go with the home team. I got to go with the Chiefs here. They've just looked so good on offense the past couple weeks. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs over the Bills. Matt, what are your thoughts? You know, these teams, both of these offenses are just, they're they're rocking and rolling. Like, every single week, week in and out, in and out. They're just, they're both so good. So I, I just got to give the edge to the Bills on this one with their defense. It's just, they have a stout defense, and I don't know if the, I mean, they're not going to stop the Chiefs, obviously, but I think it'll slow them down just enough to where they're offense okay. with Diggs yeah, and Allen. Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah. this this is this has got to be one of the hardest games to pick this year, man. Just both these teams, just so good on offense. I th- I don't even think it's going to be a like a shred of defense is going to be played in this game. Like maybe like a batted ball for like a pick or something, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Deck, what are your thoughts? You know, you mentioned how we should probably move this game to Monday night. I don't disagree with you on that, but, man, I still love Nance and Robo on this call. Oh, it's going to be. Yeah. Oh, we're going to hear so much. Oh, Jim, you know. T- Tony. <laughs> so this is this is going to be fun. This is going to be a, yeah. like we've been talking about, this is going to be a track meet between two high-powered offenses. No defense. I, I There's not going to be flat out. No defense in this one. Maybe a sack or two from both ends, but that'll be about <laughs> it. Um. I'm going to give the edge to the Bills in this one, though. It's it's so tough. This was a coin flip one for me. But I just think with the 
the duo of Diggs and Davis right now, I think will be able to do more than, you know, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. You know, Kelsey's a one-man show out there. The receivers yeah. are so, I, I don't know, it's it's so weird to tell, but... I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of waiting for like one of them to have a good game between like MVS or Juju, but it's just not happening, and it's just yeah. Kelsey just carrying. I will so. say, I will say, I think that the loser of this game, if these two teams meet meet in the playoffs, I think the loser of this game is going to win in the playoffs. I think that happens so much uh, during like the regular season where we see the like not even like the better team, but I think like it's it's hard to beat a team twice. So especially when you have like amazing coaching staffs and just just high powered offenses, I think that the team that loses this one is going to be able to find a silver lining at the end of the year with a playoff win. So no matter who it is, that I think that's my take on this game. Um, moving on, another divisional matchup. This time in the NFC East, we have oh, oh NFC East. Sorry, I have to say NFC East best division in football um nfc east uh, cowboys against the eagles now this is a really good primetime game uh i'm actually very excited for this um eagles at home against the cooper rush led cowboys uh presumably again Dak prescott still rehabbing that thumb uh deck why don't you kick us off with this game this is where i have the eagles having their first loss of the year i think the cowboys really to lincoln financial sunday night football and take it from philly Biggest key factor here, this is now, regardless, this is two great defense going up against each other, but Cowboys yes. are just better right now. And they do great. They're great at stopping the run, and they're great, they're great at creating so much pressure. And Micah is going to be, I just think he'll be all over Hurts, and Hurts is kind of, this is going to be the game where Hurts is kind of just moving around back there, not really knowing what he's doing, just based off that pressure from Parsons and Lawrence off the edge. And then, so I don't think they'll be able to get much going on the ground given this one. And then when it, they try to go to the outside. You got digs on either Devontae or A.J. Brown, and I don't think they can do much yeah. in the air through this one either. I, I don't see a lot of that. So I think Cooper Rush I mean, will do enough. Do enough in this yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, game. as as like we've seen Diggs has been playing pretty good this year, but he's still susceptible to biting on some double moves. That is true. So, yeah. and, and you know who's really good at double moves? Both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. So... Uh, both those guys are just such good route runners. Um, I I just can't see Cooper Rush beating this Eagles defense, to be honest with you, man. I know um, he's, he has some magic in the past, but I don't think he's on the level to beating this uh, Philly defense. And they're at home. We saw the Philly, the Philly fan base just basically take over. Um, the Cardinal Stadium last week. Like yeah. I saw this video, and it sounded like a home game when the when the when Amendola missed that kick at the end for the Eagles. It was insane. Um, so partially because Cooper Rush is still at quarterback, I would have to pick the Eagles at home. I don't think that they lose this one. To be honest with you, um, Matt, thoughts on this game before yeah. we get to our final game of the week? Yeah, I'll be quick with it. I think it's also the Eagles. I mean. They're just so good on both sides of the ball. I mean, they've done, yeah. and especially like in the draft this year and trading for AJ Brown. I mean, they've done so many good things. I mean, they they made it they made it to the playoffs last year and didn't do too great. But I mean, their team is significantly better. I would say this year, um, just on just all around. I I don't know if the Cowboys are gonna have the answer. I 
think they're going to go 6-0 and to start. I, I, I was just kind of thinking, you know, the Eagles the past two weeks have been right, have been walking on a tightrope. You know, Jaguars got out to that 14-0 commanding lead against them, and then last week, mm-hmm. you know, they were misfield, they were misfield away from going to overtime, and then who knows after that. So yeah. It, it just feels like this loss is coming. It, it's, yeah. It's, it's on yeah. the brink. It's, yeah, it's – you don't see them going undefeated, so it's like, man, when will it happen? But – Right now, it's hard to pick against them, especially. But you know, it's a division rival, so anything could happen. Yep. Um, moving on, another division matchup. We got Broncos against the Chargers. Who? A real stinker. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, Chargers. I, I obviously it's not going to be as bad as last Thursday, but we can hope. <laughs> but. Later on in the season, I don't know how many more primetime games the Broncos have. Just just find different games. I yeah. beg you, please stop putting the Broncos in primetime games. Their offense is just not good enough to be like entertaining in any way. And part of football, or for fans at least, is entertainment. Um, even though like they may be executing these like three-yard runs to the T... It's not exciting football. And when a team can beat you with just scoring field goals, you know something's wrong, right? And those are not the kind of teams that I want to be devoting my Monday, Sunday nights, and Thursday nights to watching. So I beg all broadcasting like companies out there, please stop putting the Broncos in primetime games. Now, with that said, I do like this matchup. I do think that the Chargers are going to be able to kind of maybe pick it up a little bit with the Broncos here. I think it'll be a little bit of a higher scoring game compared to what we've seen the Broncos do. Um, But with that said, it's not a very high expectation for that. Um, Decker thoughts on this game and the Broncos in yet another primetime game. I agree with you. I think any primetime game, and I think the Broncos might have two after this. I think any primetime game for them after this, just flex them out of it. Just flex them and put an entertaining matchup in there. It's I've seen enough. I know Sam wanted us to touch on this. He wanted to have us put high emphasis on this of Broncos primetime game, so I will for him. Just flex everything they involved with a primetime after this, so Going to this matchup, though, I think this is going to be a matchup where which coach will screw it up for their team? Will it be Hackett yeah. screwing over Denver? Will it be Staley screwing over the Chargers? One of them is going to happen regardless. It's just a matter of who. I think it's going to be Hackett. I think Staley will have his mistakes, too. But I think the Chargers, just right now, could do more on offense, especially with the way Eckler's playing. Yes, I think, totally agree. I think that they'll be able to just... I don't think it's going to be commanding, but I think by two touchdowns, I think it would be safe to say Chargers can win this by. Broncos are just really, really stale on offense. Russ is not making good decisions at all either. Nope. And I, speaking of Russ, I love all the ex-Seahawks players just coming out and roasting him. And then um, on Good Morning Football, Kyle Brandt just unloading yeah. on Russell Wilson. And they're talking so much shit. And then, of course, at the end, they're, of course, like, but, you know, he's still, like, a great guy, you know, after they talk so much shit about him. Yeah. I find that to be so funny. Yeah, there's, um, no, there's but, no doubt Rice is a great – he's a good guy. He does a lot for community, and he's he's 
he does seem like a down-to-earth guy, but man, when you have the audacity to go out there after you put up nine in the Thursday night game and say and still say in your post-game presser, Broncos country, let's ride, <laughs> man, like, yeah, and you just put up it, nine. It seems, I mean, like Kyle Brandt said, it's just unauthentic, you know, like, he, like, the cringy TikToks he makes, like, yeah. the cringy quotes, like, I don't know, I, you know... I'm supposed to be defending him because he's an ex-Badger, but he's uh, he's getting to be a little unbearable for me at this point. And, um, Decker, you said two scores or two touchdowns for the Chargers win. Um, I do think the Chargers win, probably not by that much for me, but uh, uh, nonetheless, Chargers win. Matt, thoughts on this final game? You know, before I, I give the final game, we were, we were talking about primetime games and uh, – Washington actually just beat the Chicago Bears in a thriller of twelve to seven. <laughs> they, uh, I was looking. Yeah, at, I and I lo- think Carson Wentz put up less than a hundred yards too. So that's not a very good, uh, uh, like a good comeback to the Ron Rivera comments. So. Ninety-nine yards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next, next Thursday's New Orleans and Arizona. So hopefully that's a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so. watch, I was watching the updates and the. Bears with like fifty some seconds left were on the um the four yard line and they couldn't get it in. They Not got shocking. stopped. Yeah. Not shocking. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was they they were atrocious. But no, I I also have the Chargers winning this one. Yeah. Um, the Broncos just it's the same thing with the Colts. I mean that, that game was just so so terrible. There's there's no way I can see them beating Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Do we know is Keenan I mean, Allen back seen them. this week? I don't. I think it's going to be another week still. I think he's out him. still. And Mike, okay. Mike Williams is yeah. questionable too. I, okay. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what goes on. Yeah, if Josh those two are out, it's going to be another stinker. Yeah. I'm afraid. I don't know. What seemed at the beginning of the year to be like the most exciting matchups for the AFC West, they're now. I'm now like get them off my TV screen. I can't watch this anymore. Yeah, we were wrong just about injuries and injuries and poor coaching have just totally derailed like three out of the four teams in that division. So and for the Chargers, we'll have JC Jackson is awful. He's bad. Yes, he's very bad. Yes, <laughs> he is currently the. A hundredth out of a hundred and four corners in the NFL. Wow. He's awful. Mm. It's just I don't know if it's an what injury injured, but was yeah. it was it was an it was an ankle? I think it was an ankle. Yeah, it? something in his ankle. Well, nonetheless, that that whole team is under delivering like very badly. So, uh, but on that note, I hope we delivered a good pres a uh, good podcast in the absence of. <laughs> Our great host, Sam Wontok. We miss you. Hope the wedding is great. Uh, hope you're breaking it down on the old dance floor there. We know you got the moves. Um, and we'll get from, you back next episode. Yeah, we'll get you back next episode. Uh, from Tyler, Decker, and guest Matt Bisek, we'd all like to thank you for listening. And have a wonderful day, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>